And again, and welcome again to Trinity, those who are with us here in person or those joining us with us online or at a later time. It's a joy to be able to gather together, to, to sing together, to hear each other's voices, uh, to, to pray together, to take the Lord's Supper together, and to come to the Word together. If you have a Bible, go ahead and open up your Bible to 1 John. You'll find that toward the back of your New Testament. 1 John chapter 4. We're going to read for some of you, or maybe many of you, some familiar words from 1 John chapter 4. We are in a series this summer called Friendship with God. And today we're going to be looking at our loving Father and walk through what that might mean for us in our lives right now. And let's read verses 7 through 12 of 1 John chapter 4. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. Let's pray. Guys, we consider these words, these truths about who you are what you've done and what that means for our lives. I pray that it would encourage our hearts, that it would draw us ever closer to you, um, that we would be greatly comforted by your truth. And so be with the preaching and the hearing and the receiving, the believing of your word, we pray to your glory and our good. In Christ's name, amen. You know the expression, it's too good to be true. Yeah? Whenever we hear it or experience it, we, we say it or think it with the anticipation that the other shoe will drop, like something negative or bad will happen. That which surprised us or gave us hope comes crashing down as if somebody knocked over a whole bunch of cymbals uh, outside of an orchestra pit or something like that. Because we have felt this, because we have experienced, because you know what I mean by that expression, too good to be true, our hearts are oftentimes on guard against anything that even hints at being too good to be true. And we can do this with a number of things in life, but we most certainly can do this when it comes to the love of God. And this guardedness can be crippling to our faith. And this guardedness can be crippling to our experience of the love of God in our lives right now. Because this guardedness obscures our view of the love of the Father. Because we've experienced things that have gone sideways, good things gone sideways in this life, we feel like that's going to happen with God's love for us. So this morning, as we wrestle with that thought, and as we look at this passage, I want us to think of the love of the Father in, in these ways. I want us to see it, and receive it, and believe it. So we want to look at, see the love of the Father. 
when we look at this passage. We want to receive the love of the Father, and we want to believe the love of the Father. We'll walk through that together. So first, let's see the love of the Father. Love is on display in this passage. Familiar words. And the structure of the passage is very fascinating. It's important for us to see it. If we were to take like a 10 or 15,000 foot view of our passage, we kind of see a little mirroring going on in the way that the passage rolls out from verses 7 through 12. Sort of at the beginning, at the end of the passage, we see this essential call, the, the outworking of what the, the Apostle John is saying is the call to love one another. So you see that call to love one another at the beginning and at the end of the passage. And the basis for that call to love one another, we find it in sort of the next thought that gets mirrored back. And that is God is love. Uh, The reason why we can go about loving one another is because God is love. And then as you keep reading the passage there in the middle at the heart of it, putting on display the very nature and character of God is Jesus So what kind of love does God have for us? It all boils down to seeing that in Jesus. So our call to love one another is on the basis that God is love. And how do we know that God is love? Jesus. That's what's going on here in this passage. The love of the Father is tantamount to the work of the Son, to the purpose of history, And the nature and character of God's people living it out in their lives. In this passage, here we see what love does, how love does, and why love does. As we've been going through this series this summer, Friendship with God, I've encouraged you to pick up a book for your summer reading list called Friendship with God. It's sort of the template that I'm I'm using or leaning on as we work through it. The author, Mike McKinley, says this. About the love of God. Love stands at the center of your friendship with God the Father. Love stands at the center. And it's not just something that God has for you. It's something that God is. That's important for us to see and to know and to grasp. If we want to grasp the love of the Father, if we want to see it on display, we need to see and understand that the Father is love, not just merely has love. A well-known preacher from last century, Martin Lloyd-Jones, said it this way. He has told us that God is essentially love. Not only that God loves us and that God is loving, but that God's very nature is love. To talk about the Father's love as the basis of our friendship with God is to talk about the very nature of God himself, not just something that God does. It's who God is. Or as Mike McKinley in his book, Friendship with God, says, because he is perfect, his love can never change. It does not shrink or grow. He loves all his children with the exact same intensity and passion because it's based on who he is. God doesn't change, doesn't diminish, he doesn't improve. He is fully God. Therefore, if he is love, he is fully love. And if he loves you, he fully loves you. This is what we are to see on display. And, and so how then can we see it 
How then can we see it? Well, that's just where the middle of this passage leads us to. In the middle of the passage of verses 7 through 12, all the things are building up to it and all the other things are flowing from it. And at the very heart in the middle of the passage, we find the person and work of Jesus Christ. How are we to see the love of the Father? Well, we see it in the sending of the Son. We see it in the sending of the Son. Let's look again at verse 9. In this, the love of God was made manifest. It was revealed. It was put on display. Here it is for you to see that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. That means that any chance of seeing the love of father is only seen by means of the son. If we really want to know the nature and character, the realness and the nearness of the love of the father, we, we only know it through the Son. And then in verse 10, and this is love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. So, first of all, God's love predates ours. God's loving, God is love, exists in eternity past, before there was time. And then in time, God is love. The Father's love shows up in the sending of the Son who took a penalty, took on the penalty of our sin so that we could gain the presence of the Father. The depth and the magnitude of the love of the Father for us is that He sent the Son to pay a penalty so that we could have His presence. Again, the good doctor, that was his nickname, Martin Lloyd-Jones said this, the love of God is only to be seen finally and to be known truly when you look at what God has done for us and in us in and through the Lord Jesus Christ. Can't escape it. The heart of this passage at the heart of the Bible is the love of the Father on display through the sending of the Son. The Father has displayed the depth and the magnitude and the fullness of his love for us through the gospel of his Son. This is what we are to see. We're to see that here in the pages of Scripture in our passage this morning. What kind of love does the Father have for us? The redeeming kind of love. That He gave up His Son so that we could be sons and daughters. Now, how do we receive it? How do we receive such a love? Well, we receive the love of the Father through faith. We see, receive the love of the Father through faith. Before the love of the Father is evident in how we love one another, we have to receive it. In order to receive it, we have to see it in the gospel. Therefore, the receiving of the love of the Father is through faith in the Son. McKinley puts it in a helpful word picture. Jesus leads us by the hand, so to speak, and brings us into the Father's presence where we experience His love. That's it. We only have to receive this love. We don't earn this love. We receive the love of the Father through faith in the Son. We don't get our lives all cleaned up and more presentable a little bit better, 
It's not about us getting more checks in the good column than in the bad column. And then going to God with our case and saying, hey, I know I've got, you know, 14,732 bad things that I've done this week. But at least I have 14,822 reasonably okay things that I've done this week. That's exhausting. There's no way to live. And at some point, you'll quit. No. We don't earn God's love. We receive it through faith. One um, theologian from a, a different, an entirely different era put it this way. The Father's love is free, undeserved, and eternal. That is the great discovery of the gospel. The Father's love is free, undeserved, and eternal. We can't earn what God gives freely. We can't go where God is eternally. If we were to have any of that, it's that we have it through receiving it through faith. There's an old word picture used here. That the love of God is like an unending fountain. It seems very far away from us, but it's this unending fountain just springing forth water and Jesus is the stream that brings that water to us and is the stream that brings us to the source of such love. So if we were to to know the love of the Father, we have to know it through Jesus who brings it to us and then us to the source. That's what happens when we receive it through faith. That's what happens. We are taken to the source. We see as much in John's gospel account. Famously, maybe you've already thought of these very well-known words. John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. The love of God propelled into time and space, sending the son to bring to us that which we could never get on our own and that be eternal life. Or what he says in the opening chapter of John 1. Verse 12, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. To be called sons and daughters. So simply put, to receive is to trust in the Son. That Jesus' life, death, and resurrection fully, finally, and forever save you from sin and save you to and into friendship with God. That through the Son, we see the infinite and eternal love of the Father. Infinite, unlimited, eternal, forever love of the Father. And this infinite and eternal love of the Father is received through a very narrow and specific way. Faith in Jesus Christ. We cannot be generic about the expression, the love of God, because God isn't generic about it. He's quite specific. The love of God is found in and through the person and work of Jesus Christ. While it is bigger and better than we could possibly dream, we cannot, we cannot know it outside of knowing it through Jesus. And this is also not a one-time kind of thing either. Yes, we must turn to Jesus putting our faith and trust that his life and death and resurrection secure for us a salvation we could never otherwise gain on our own. Yes, that must happen. 
But that's not all. It leads to the ongoing deepening trust in Jesus and the ongoing deepening experience of the love of the Father. The rest of our life is plunging into the deep end of the pool. Now that can be hard. And that leads us to the third point here. Yes, we are to see the love of the Father. And we are to receive the love of the Father. But thirdly, we're to believe it. We're to believe it. In all of life. This is the part where the uh, too good to be true, um, waiting for the other shoe to drop kind of spiritual anxiety can hit. What do I mean by that? Well, notice how I worded it. There's a certain word missing. Yes, sometimes we believe in the love of the Father through the gospel, but we struggle to believe the love of the Father for us. We can believe in the gospel and yet spend the rest of our lives struggling believing that God actually loves us. That same scholar from a different era, he put it this way. Now, mind you, I want to stress this. He says these words in the 1600s. Okay? That, that was a, a while ago. I don't even know how to like relate to that. I, I don't. I can't. I just know that that was a long time ago. There was no indoor plumbing. Like, you know, like, just think of like that reality. Christians walk oftentimes with exceedingly troubled hearts concerning the thoughts of the Father toward them. I'll say it again. Christians walk oftentimes with exceedingly troubled hearts concerning the thoughts of the Father toward them. 1600s, folks. Yes, we live in a day and an age in which we culturally and societally speaking are seeing struggles, mental struggles and emotional struggles and relational struggles, physical struggles. And as we advance in our culture and society, as technology advances, much of life is, is smoother and streamlined and easier. And there's great advances in medicine. And yet at the same time, all of that seems to be compounding upon us and we're struggling to be human. And yet, in the 1600s, we see the same thing. The human condition has been pretty human for quite a long time. And it's not just simply the outcome of our present day circumstances, though they certainly exacerbate it. Maybe you sit here and you think, Okay, I can see the love of the Father in the gospel, and I get it. I have to receive it. I have to trust Jesus for salvation. Yes, the pastor's supposed to say that. I'm supposed to hear that at the church. But maybe you're sitting here in your life, and you're thinking, I am struggling to believe the love of the Father for me. Sometimes the storm clouds of this life or the hurts from our past or the wounds in our present make it hard for us to see the love of the Father, let alone receive it in deepening ways. It can add up to us believing things that are not true. Believing things that are not true about God, about his love, about what our love is based on. 
It can widen the distance we feel from the love of the Father, the circumstances of our lives or the struggles within. And maybe, just maybe, there might be many of us in this room who can relate to the author of Psalm 40. In in Psalm 40, we see a heart sort of put on display. It's filleted open, and it's struggling. The author says, For evils have encompassed me beyond number. So the circumstances around the author's life is overwhelming. There are all kinds of obstacles and challenges and and difficulties in the author's life. Then says, my iniquities have overtaken me. So he's struggling with sin within. So circumstances around are overwhelming. Sinful struggles within are overwhelming. And what does he say? He says, and I cannot see. It's so obscuring of his life that he cannot see the the love and providence and care and comfort of God. Can't see it. They're more than the hairs of my head. And then my heart fails me. And so maybe you're in a situation or in a season in your life in which you say, yeah, I can actually write those words. Hey, the author of Psalm 40, did you read my journal? Like what in the world? Did you pluck this out of what I just wrote down this last week? Maybe you feel like my heart has failed. In these moments, what do we do? What do we do in these moments? Well, we have to tell our hearts the things that are true. We have to walk our hearts back by rehearsing what is true. We have to come back to what is true, the overriding truth, the truth that is beyond our circumstances. Yes, our hearts may indeed fail, but we have to tell those hearts that the Father's love will not. That the Father's love will not. We can be like that in Psalm 40. We find a very similar description found in Psalm 73. The the psalmist is essentially looking at the life around him and says... You know what? I look around and all the jerks are winning. They're winning in life. And I'm not. And I'm struggling here. And he even says, my, I, I almost stumbled and fell. My heart almost gave way. Until I started to think a little bit more about who you are, God. And tried to look at life from that perspective. And then in Psalm 73, verse 26, he says this. My flesh and my heart may fail. He's telling himself the truth. I might, my heart might fail. But God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. But God is the strength. So there's going to be a lot of things in this life that will provoke your heart to not believe the love of the Father for you. You might be able to articulate with great theological precision See the Father's love. Here it is on display in the gospel. And you might be able to rehearse how one could receive it by putting their faith and trust in the life, death, and resurrection and spend every waking moment and those sleepless nights struggling to believe the Father's love for you. The love of the Father was never contingent Upon you, upon your strength, your vigor, 
or your vitality of faith. The love of the Father for you is because the love of the Father is for you. And we have to walk our hearts back to that truth again and again and again. We have to rehearse to ourselves again and again and again what we've already heard said in our service. Romans chapter 8, verses 38 and 39. It says, For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers nor height nor depth, nor anything else in all the creation will be able to separate us from the love of of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. You might be swimming in a spiritual vortex of all of those things all at once, it feels like. And even if you were to somehow experience the multiverse madness of all of those things happening in your life all at once, it still couldn't loosen the grip of God around your life. The security of the love of the Father is not found in the strength of our grip in receiving, but in the strength of God's grip in giving. So when we struggle to believe the love of the Father, not believe in, but believe the love of the Father for us, we must rehearse to our hearts what we see on display in the magnitude of all that we find in the person and work of Christ and how nothing can separate us from it. And so, this morning, maybe right now in this very moment, you need to hear these words. See, the love of the Father displayed in the person and work of Jesus Christ. Receive the love of the Father through faith in the saving work of Jesus Christ. And believe the love of the Father through all the circumstances of this life, knowing that nothing can or will separate you from it. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word, and we ask that it would find a home in our hearts. Our hearts could be bewildered right now with the circumstances of life or the struggles within. Maybe we feel just beat down and dismayed over sin. Or maybe we feel shame or regret. Maybe we feel like we certainly just cannot ever measure up to the greatness of your love. Help us to see that your love for us is not contingent upon us, but that your love for us is because you love us. Now, may we rest in that. May we find great comfort in that. May we rejoice over it. And may we make much of it to our own hearts, to each other, and to those who are far from it. Now, may that compel us all the more to see and receive and believe. In Jesus' name, amen.